on this episode, our new guest is an African-American sommelier who is about to take over the wine world. And Jomer Eric Seat says, jet lag is for suckers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't worry. You can thank me later. Thank me later. Thank me later. everybody welcome to episode 40 i could barely get that out <laughs> the balance room music podcast i am your host musician and producer ingrid wood w-o-o-d-e this podcast is available on itunes stitcher soundcloud google play and now also spreaker for you to subscribe to that way when you're subscribed uh, you don't have to wonder when is a new episode coming out you just get one notification letting you know whenever i upload a new episode into the balance room this episode is supported by botkin wines makers of america's first sparkling sauvignon blanc this truly unique wine from a proudly african-american owned winery is crisp and refreshing it pairs well with good food great friends live music and sunny days Buy a bottle for less than $20 from the winery website at botkinwines.com. That's B-O-D-K-I-N wines, W-I-N-E-S dot com. Using the 20% discount code BR20. That's capital B, capital R, 20. Exclusively for you all, the Balance Room listeners. This promo code is good until Friday, June 23rd, 2017. So make sure you take advantage. To my new and returning Balance Roomers, welcome I appreciate you for hitting play. This isn't a podcast just for music lovers or musicians, but rather it's a podcast for creatives who already are or who have a desire to make a living from their creative side. I always feel like, um, to me, it doesn't matter what area of business you're in, what type of entrepreneur you are. If you have can figure out how to create commerce from something that you love or like to do, that takes a fair amount of creativity. So I share parts of my journey, um, and it's, and I also bring guests inside of the balance room from time to time to share parts of their journey, such as today. And on that note, I uh, we do have a new guest, and so I want to allow Mr. Derek Westbrook to introduce himself to you all. My name is Derek Westbrook. I am a sommelier. When we talk about who I am, it's kind of all-encompassing. So not just a sommelier, but a black male newly 30 i'm a you know a uh, person of the world community and i like to uh, move in that manner but yeah uh the company is so there's actually two entities so there's you know the company i own called vine culture which formerly known as the wine men really excited because we just changed the name of uh, this week so that's that's new and then i actually work at and for 57 street wines as their wine buyer in sommelier so uh, those two things are the things that contain my life. <laughs> there is pretty much not a lot of social life outside of that. But uh, it's good because, you know, that like, yeah, I get enough socializing through those entities. But yeah, so two things that are kind of at the forefront. I'm also uh, the spokesperson for an app called Alchemy app as well. So, but yeah, that, that's me in a nutshell. A couple things have been popping off with Derek since we last spoke. Uh, so if you live in Chicago, 
Derek does monthly dinners with the promontory. I'll put uh, I'll, I'll put a link in the podcast description and also at the website, uh, thebalanceroom.com. But I'll put a link up where you can find out more information about that. Keeping in mind, this is June of 2017, depending on when you're listening to this episode. And also something else new happened for them since we last spoke. Uh, Derek and 57th Street Wines are featured in the June 2017 issue of Wine and Spirits magazine. So congrats to them. So I found out about Derek um, when, actually when it was still called, when his business was still called The Wineman. So this was in like fall of 2016. And I was watching an episode of The Startup Van. And actually The Startup Van, they've been guests on here on The Bounce Room in episode nine. I'm Graham, co-founder of The Startup Van. I'm Mark co-founder of the startup fan but the startup van are these these two guys mark and graham from dublin ireland and they go around in this this vw van and they've kind of gutted it out changed it on the inside and they have these conversations with startups these really short conversations with startups and so Derek was on this particular episode when they had come to uh, the united states and they were in chicago and I saw Derek on this episode and I immediately was drawn in. Like I gravitated towards his story, um, the way he came across camera. It made me want to know more about him, it made me want to know more about at that time, the wine men. So since that episode, I just kind of kept uh, keeping up with him and then eventually reached out in this year in 2017. And it brings us to this conversation that I'm sharing with you all today. About halfway into the middle of the conversation, I, t- I told Derek randomly was like out the blue I told him that I could tell that he was an English major in college because um I saw I saw the parallel at least between how he described things um in his in in his field you know with wine and, and being a sommelier to me it seemed kind of parallel with English and literature and and they're both very descriptive lanes you know like with with wine it's you know about it's about a lot of things. Honestly, it's just about enjoying it. <laughs> but, you know, you have taste, you have colors. Um, you There's, you know, what year was it made? Where was it? How was Like all these different descriptive things having to do with this thing that's in a bottle. Um, I kind of saw the correlation between that and English and how he described things. So, <laughs> but when I told him that, he was like, don't tell everybody. Cause you know, like I, we're not going to talk about like, <laughs> you, you haven't seen me write yet. And I will butcher a word or two, uh, cause the brain a little slow. So <laughs> now I want to make sure I let you know this before we get into the conversation. So I split this conversation into two parts. So part one, of the conversation is in this episode, episode 40, and part two of the conversation is in episode 41. Now, I put them both out today. I put both episodes out today. So um, whenever you're done with episode 40, you can go ahead and listen to episode 41. But do make sure that you listen to both episodes because they're two different dynamics and honestly two different types of episodes. But without further ado, let's go ahead and step into the balance room. There's a couple of seven up stories that I think about. I think about the biggest one was I started working at a place called Next Restaurant here in Chicago, which is nationally known and I think world world known is in my opinion one of the best places in the world. So I worked there and I was moving up the chain and so uh, my a relationship I had with a young lady ended and it, it kind of like it it shook me to the core, really like really really shook me to the core. And so I ended up quitting Next 
And I was thinking about doing it anyway, just because I wanted to like start my own business, right? And this is gonna be the first time I did it. I was like, man, I wanna do this. I, I wanna like, I'm gonna go make it. Like I'm gonna figure it out. And if I fail, I fail. If I succeed, I succeed. But I like, I gotta take that chance. So I saved a little money, put it away and put in my resignation. I worked the extra, like I think week or two just to get a little, a little more money and I quit. I was like, man, I'm gonna do the wine, man. You know, I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to do all of this with the wine, right? So I did it. And it was right after I quit, like probably like within three to six days, one of my friends who used to work at Next Restaurant as well, he left, he quit, and he went to work at Elizabeth Restaurant. So uh, a Michelin star restaurant. And, it, you know, he went because he was happier and he got to be more creative and do what he loves, right? So he called me. He's like, yo, um, I'm at Elizabeth. I'm at Elizabeth. And they're looking for someone to come and, you know, like learn the beverage program or potentially take over. You know, would you be interested? And I was like, you know, shit. Yeah, man, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Like, I, I got it. Like, at least check it out. I want to run this business, though, but I owe it to my homie to at least like see what they were talking about. I did what we call a stage is where you work there one day to figure out if the environment fits and if you like it and whatnot. So I went there. Uh, or rewind. So I did an interview and the interview was the most awkward. Like normally I feel like I crush interviews, but that interview was really awkward because I was definitely in my mind on some like entrepreneur can't work for anybody type stuff. Right. Because I was just head fat. <laughs> and then I did the interview. Oh, after the interview, I went to uh, did a stage there and the stage went great. I loved it. And like I just something in me kept tugging at me to work there work there but i was like no man i want to be an entrepreneur i'm gonna do it it's my dream i gotta do it if i don't do it now i'm never gonna do it right Uh, so i start on my entrepreneurial journey you know i I, and i made the fatal flaws like i thought i had enough money i didn't i thought i had enough you know my sales pipeline was tight it wasn't as tight enough and so like i made it like six months and this is like no net six months paying everything like paying for the business and paying for my personal life out of just off of this grind and this hustle and i got to the point where like i i emotionally financially i broke like it was like it was ugly you know what i'm saying like it was grown man you know like weeping snot bubbling like i can't pay this bill i'm not finna tell none of my parents you know i was seeing someone at the time I can't pay for nothing. I can't pay for Uber. Like, it was ugly. I was just sick. And what do you know? Two days after, like, I broke. Two days. Was it three? Two days after I broke. I felt like it was three. But two days after I broke, got a phone call. And it was my man, Dula, the, the, the gentleman who left uh, next to go to Elizabeth. He was like, yo, I know you're on your entrepreneur kick, but I just want to let you know some things changed. And you, you know, there's an opportunity for you to come run the show at Elizabeth. Now, I know you still got your entrepreneur thing, but you know, I just want to reach out to you. And I was like, you know, ah, uh, like I was jumping for joy. Like, I, I, I was the thirstiest person ever for that opportunity. I was like, man, fuck this being an entrepreneur. Let me go work. <laughs> and the best part about it is, like, the situation was perfect because I went to go work for an entrepreneur. Like, the staff was 12 people, right? And I worked right under her. So, like, I got to learn the lessons that I wanted to learn. I got to understand how it was to be successful in the business and, like, learn that process uh, firsthand. So it was like I learned how to fail, and then I went to go learn how to succeed. That was fascinating and fantastic, and I, I love that. And so I guess the lesson that I learned is, like, like you don't quit on your dreams, right? You, like, you you ride them things on out until you 
until you can't no more. And then if you're true and if you're honest and if you are, you know, in tune with the universe, like the universe will enact on your behalf and you'll get that opportunity. And the opportunity will give you everything you need. Like the opportunity for me wasn't like somebody investing in me. The opportunity was me getting paid to learn how to do it right. You know what I mean? Like I figured out how to do it wrong and then I started getting paid to learn how to do it right. And I started learning lessons that I otherwise would never be able to learn. It was just so fortuitous. So that's my seven up story. It's crazy looking back on it too. Like when I look back on like, dang, that happened? Like, whew, I don't want to do that again, but I'm glad I went through it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So... Now, I wanted to do something a little bit different in this episode for Songology. Uh, normally, for my new podcast listeners, normally, it doesn't matter if the guest is a musician or if they're a barber. I ask them to let us know about a song that has some specific meaning to them um, or some funny story behind it, whether it's a song they're part of or somebody else's song. Now, I want to do something different. So, I asked Derek ahead of time. I told him, I was like, okay, I'm going to ask you to tell me three of your favorite albums right now and what wines would you drink while listening to those albums all the way through and Derek took it a step further so I'm just gonna let I'm gonna let Derek take it away I'm handing it over to you D so I'm gonna start real super duper traditional and then I'm gonna go from traditional to um to like the weird and interesting is that cool can we do that that's perfect all right cool so it's funny because i'm gonna i, I kind of want to take a drink of each while i talk about it but i can't do that i got you know i got stuff to do today but uh <laughs> we got stuff to do today um so i'm gonna start with dana hall so he's uh he's um he's a drum player jazz drum player black dude dreads and i love his i love his work most of these albums are albums that i play and just have on loop here at the wine shop i haven't recall seeing many lead drummers and as part of bands i forget the album um, I think it's self-titled, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Dana Hall, and I'm drinking the, the, the wine I'm drinking there is a 2013 Pomerol Chateau uh, Lagrini. The reason why I love uh, this wine and Dana Hall is, so it's jazz, it's classic, but it's funky, interesting, and Pomerol is a blend of some of my favorite grapes. And so it's a mostly Merlot with a blend of Cabernet, Cabernet Franc, Petit Verdot, and mild back, I believe, just a touch. But Pomerol is one of those like classic regions in the right bank of Bordeaux, France. It's beautiful, it's elegant, it's like has this richness, and it's just beautiful dry red wine. There's so much complexity going on, and it's something that'll last forever. Pomerol doesn't really get good a lot of times until 10 years in, you know what I mean? Like, it, like a lot of it doesn't really get good until it starts to age, and those secondary and, and tertiary flavors come out like those layers come through and i think like dana hall's music is that you can follow it it's cool but it's layered and it's beautiful and fantastic so that's that one then i'm gonna go to uh, i don't know if if many of you heard of this guy he's you probably heard of him now because he's starting to get a lot of acclaim but this singer named gallant r&b singer he's freaking fantastic super duper melodic right and just just stay with him like he just and it, his album sounds like one song. Like it just plays like one 
beautiful song through and through and i love it and you know what i'm saying it's one that you put on you know whoever you into you put it on you play it next to the person that you're interested in and it, it'll get you that and so that one i think uh that i drink with that one would be close saint landolin riesling so it's mirror riesling 2012 so it's, it's dry so most people think riesling sweet but it's a dry riesling bright great acidity makes your mouth water and it leaves you craving more and it, his music does that like you play it and after the song's over you want to play repeat on that song but then the next song comes on you want to play repeat of that song and so you just let the album roll and keep it on the loop. It's one of those things like it can play in the background and it just feels good. Or you can turn it all the way up and that'd be the only turn it up, turn the lights off, you know, cuddle with whoever you want to cuddle or be with you want to be with. And it's perfect for that. Like it's it's in both of those areas, you know what I mean? And and it, it make you want to sing along even if you can't sing. So yeah, and he's an up and coming guy. You know what I mean, I think he just dropped his the first album, Ologi. I think I said it right, O-L-O-G-Y, but it's been fantastic and I, I can't wait to see where it goes too. So yeah, something super classic next to a, uh, an artist who is uh, fairly new to the scene. And then last but not least, I had to keep it hip hop. Um, I had to go back to uh, Big Crit Catalactica. Yeah, that's my joint. So now I, I know his new album, like he's got a new project out um, where he's just spitting. I love that. But this most recent joint, uh, the you know, the one that, that touches me the most, uh, Catalactica, is just, you know, he's from the South like me, super underrated, but he creates, like he does everything himself. Like he creates it all himself, right? Like he produces, you know, he writes, he raps. And now he's independent. So he's just recently independent. So it even feels better now that like, you know, like I believe Catalactica was his last album not being independent. So like for me, it signifies the, the point to his independence. So that's fantastic. And so there's one or two wines that I would drink with that. There's um, Risotto Plavina out of Croatia. The reason why I picked that is most people when they think of wine, Croatia is the last place. Like Pomerol is out of Bordeaux, France. The Riesling is out of Alsace, France. So out of like classic winemaking places, but Croatia is not on the minds of most people, but it's a pleasant surprise, earthy, beautiful, nice weight. And I think a lot like Crit, like it's highly, highly underrated. But like if you give an opportunity, give it a chance, like you're gonna be blown away and it can stand up against anything else, like anything else. Like it can stand up next to the Palm Roll, it can stand up next to the Reason, but it just doesn't get enough acclaim and enough love. And that album just rocks. Like it, it joint, you feel it, you know what I'm saying? And and like you feel the energy in the, in the record and I feel the energy in the wine too. I think like all of these wines have great energy and I think all of the records have awesome energy. They play in harmony together. So yeah, those are my three. Okay, so then I had to get a little selfish and I told Derek also, I was like, now I also want to know what wine you would drink or what wine you would parallel with Kanye West's college dropout and i was like if it's not one of your three favorite albums right now that's perfectly fine we'll just tack this one on it's number four <laughs> because i want to know um so anyway so here we go back back to Derek. it's funny so i played that i played the album a little bit you know what i'm saying to remember and it's just hit after hit after hit after hit right and so like it was, it was tough because i was like man let me go with a wine that's like just makes me think of hit after hit like it's a hit it's a hit it's a hit but then i was like nah man i'm gonna go i'm gonna go in a different direction uh, the thing i went to is and i'm a little biased because uh so it's a black winemaker and i think what he's doing is a phenomenal job it's underrated i like under wines that a lot of people don't know about that may be underrated so that I think like nobody knew what Kanye was gonna do when College Dropout came out. Like that, 
that run he went on right after that. And so I think like, uh, so the, the wine is Bakken and it's a dry Muscat Canale. So Muscat Canale is a grape that most people think is sweet. Um, it's usually made in sweet wine, but Bakken is like bright and acidic. It's in your face. And like when you drink it, it changes. Like you like, like, whoa, wait, what just happened? And I think like the college dropout was one of those things where it, like it moved, it shifted the culture and like Bakken shifted my understanding of the grape of Muscat Canale. And then the other things he's doing, and like with Kanye, like now when we think of college dropout, we have the perspective of where he is now. I think with Bakken, when I go back and drink the dry Muscat Canale from Bakken, I think about, and the name of it is uh, uh, Into the Breach, I think is the, is the, like, the name of the wine. But if you look up Bakken, B-O-D-K-I-N, dry, Muscat, M-U-S-C-A-T, Canali, C-A-N-E-L-L-I. What I was saying is uh, we listen to uh, College Dropout. Like when you listen to it now, you have perspective of what Kanye is now, right? And I think like drinking this dry Muscat Canali, like I have the perspective of where this winemaker is now. I have a perspective of his other wines. Like one of his other wines is a, uh, a Savion Blanc that's sparkling. The first person to do it here in the U.S. So like Kanye you know, was a gentleman of many firsts, right? And I, I think like this winemaker and Bakken and the the sparkling Savion Blanc reflects that what what was to come, you know what I mean? Like what the stuff that he's doing in the future. So I love both of those in that in that sense. And they're just like, they're pitch perfect. The structure is beautiful. It's yummy. And it's like, I just remember like the energy out of College Dropout. Like it was like frenetic in a sense and melodic at the same time. And like this dry Muscat Canale, like it's frenetic when you first drink, it's frenetic in your mouth, but you know, it's still like classic and structured, sippable and melodic, melodic at the same time. There's a couple of things. So I have three that I'm kind of like in love with now. Um, one is my wine key. So it's like wood grain wine key. Like it's heavy. Uh, Vino Rama. Shout out to Vino Rama. Uh, you should start. You should start sending us free shit since I'm shouting you out. But no, like it's heavy. It's wood grain. It's not like expensive at all. But it just works. It does the job. I imagine like it's one of those wine keys that like, it shouldn't break on you for a long time. But if it does break, like you're not gonna start crying because you can't. You gotta buy a new one, and it's just beautiful. People compliment it all the time. They got the dark wood. I got the light one. The knife is really sharp too. Like it's just everything. The action on it is nice. Nice, heavy, good balance. I love it. Fits in the hand. And if you know, what I'm saying you get into a bar fight. You know what I'm saying? I could, I could, I could take somebody out with it now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You need bar fight. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so there's one of them. And then there's something that's called an ISO. So um, I love my ISO. And it's another wine key uh, type of wine tool. But it's like two-pronged. So yeah, y'all should go Google that ISO, A-H-S-O. What I love about that is like it's four corks. So you can open a bottle without having to insert the uh, what we call the worm or the needle into the cork. And what that does is allows you to open really old bottles where the cork may crumble. Uh, so it's saved me many a times just because, like, you F up a really good bottle of wine if you open it wrong, especially, like, if you're at a table and you want to do it all pretty and everything like that. It could go real wrong. So that saved my life several, many, many a several times. 
So that's that's that. And then last but not least, uh, actually what I'm talking to you on now is my um, Acer Chromebook computer. So super lightweight. You could, like, I dropped it before. I have no water damage to it, but like it just works and it's so light, so easy, does everything. You can't really save much to it, so it keeps me organized. It keeps a, a lot of cl clutter away because I will clutter something up if given the chance. So it doesn't let me do that. But yeah, so those are the three gadgets that I use. My Acer Chromebook, Wineorama, WineKey, and then my ISO. Those are the things that like I probably have on me. And a really good pen, but that that changes because we, we steal each other pens all the time. So I can't pick one just one out for you. But yeah, those are the things I, uh, are my gadgets. Okay, we're about to get into the Ask EC segment. If you have a business, music question, or anything in between, you can email those questions to eric at thebalanceroom.com, E-R-I-C at thebalanceroom.com. And, of course, you can always ask those questions on any of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find us. Uh, just look up The Balance Room Music Podcast, and we should pop up. And if you want uh, to remain anonymous, no worries. Just let us know. What's up? This is EC. Shout out to the balance room. My sister Ingrid Wood What's good. Quote, because you travel all the time, have you learned a way to deal with jet lag? Unquote. Yes, I have learned to. I'm actually immune to it at this point. I've been traveling this globe for over 25 years. And so at this point, I'm, my body's confused. I don't have a certain sleep regimen. I don't have a workout. I can't stick to a workout regimen. Uh, anything. So it, it's it's super hard for me, and I have to make up for it when I can. But uh, jet lag, I don't I don't necessarily feel the lag. You know, I can I can mentally adjust because a lot of times we land in a lot of places that are three hours ahead, sometimes 17 hours ahead. Um, but there's something in me that's just able to just snap it on or off and be in the moment, you know, be awake enough to travel or be awake enough. So I don't, I don't really use the term jet lag anymore. I think that's for people who don't get to travel a lot or travel as much as I do. So um, I, I, don't, I haven't used that term in a very long time. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll get a, I'm good with power naps. I'm good with a good 20 minute nap. I feel like I slept for the whole night and I think I've just adjusted to that. So I hope that answers something. All right, P6 and I'm out. P6 and I'm out. What's been your uh, your experience thus far as a black Somalia? Because I would think that most of your peers uh, are white males, you know, and that their experience is going to be completely different than yours. So, yeah, you know, I feel the weight. When I walk into a room, I'm one of two people of color or sometimes and a lot of times the only person of color in the room. Like I feel that way, right? Or or when I walk up to a table and they think, you know, like they are questioning whether or not I know what I'm talking about. Like you, you feel that. Like that's not. It happens, right? And I, it, not only does it happen because of, of you know the way I look, but it happens because you know, like I'm young. You know, I look young, and I got locks, and so like there's a whole aesthetic that people assume when they look at you. So yeah, I I definitely feel that. But you know. It's cool. Like I, 
I can't trip about it. I know that if I'm in the room and I'm I'm the only person of color, I'm probably the coolest person in the room, right? Like I'm probably the like and you know, that's part of my my self confidence is that I'm the coolest cat in the room, regardless of my wine knowledge level or or, you know, my C V, you know what I mean? Or like like if you check my resume, it's decent, but outside of that, like it's like I add value, not 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 the things that you place upon me. And like I, I realize that I'm here to learn as well. But the other thing too is like it's too many, like it's too many bros in the industry anyway. And it's too many like, you know, guys in the industry. Like there's not enough women, there's not enough people of color in the industry. So I don't mind like being the only person because like, you know, I'm there's people out there who's been kicking the door down for me and who's opened the door for me. And I'm just, you know, sneaking more people into it. And to be frank, I've been fortunate where I haven't been in a lot of situations where I've been like overtly, you know, tried or overtly looked down upon. And it's cool. Like I, I like I don't care about those people who who feel away about me, because like if you're spending your time worrying about what I'm doing, you fit spending your time questioning whether I should be there or not. Like you already lost. Like, you know, what I mean, like you're already on the outside. And to be frank, like we culture, like I come from, you know, saying like a, a hip hop background because that's what I grew up on. Like I come from that. So like there's not enough of that. There's not enough multiplicity of cultures represented in all industries and, and even more so in, in my industry. So, yeah, I'd be like, F them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because, uh, like I'm, I'm still like I, we're going to still rock. I'm going to still keep learning and I'm going to be great. And, you know, what I'm saying like the best thing I can do is I can shine brighter and brighter and brighter. And then until you can't see and you blind it, you know what I mean? And that's what people with negativity. But everybody who's embracing it, it's been it's been fantastic. And I can't wait to where instead of me being a novelty, I'm the norm. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I wanted to be. And I can't wait until like you have more women Somalians, you have more black Somalians, you have more, you know, you know, openly queer people in, in the industry. Like I think like any industry that starts to reflect its community more, the greater community core more becomes a, a greater industry. Like, you know, when you educate the populace, you raise, you know, high tide raise all ships. So uh yeah, to everybody who's ever had an issue or to even that type of energy, like I'd be like, you know, F it. Like I reject it. Like you ain't coming to me with it. And if you do, like you're gonna get slapped in the face with it. You know what I'm saying? Like not physically. I'm too pretty to go to jail, but like, uh, like, like you'll get slapped in the face if you try me. If you try any of us, like, don't, like, don't bring that this way because we're not for it at all. Like, we not have. So, but I got. I'm gonna get off my soapbox on that one. So yeah. How do you introduce wine to somebody who they drink beer, they drink liquor, uh, but for whatever reasons, multiple reasons, they just never really, uh, never really started drinking wine and it wasn't because they didn't necessarily like it and it wasn't because they don't drink the funny thing about that is like this is where you start like ultimately we're just talking about grape juice here right like that's all we're talking about so the place i like to start with people and the place i like to end with myself is is it yummy right let's start there and then let's talk about why or why not like is it too dry is it too sweet you know what i mean like, like let's start with simple terms wine culture often over complicates like complicates everything right like when you look on the back of the bottle they'll say like taste of rumbling rose and pear blossom on a friday afternoon it's like what like what is that like talk to me in real terms and so um i I think that like if we start there and just talk about like what you do and don't like and then talk about it like use your own um, catalog or you use your own like sense memories and use your own perspective and start there and then you know you'll be able to grow from there and then make it fun like when it's stuffy like it ain't fun like don't nobody like stuffy environments like 
everybody wants to have fun everybody wants to be in an environment where it's safe and comfortable and i think like that's what we try to create is we try to create a comfortable safe environment when you start there when you start with simple terminology is it's easy it becomes easy to talk about and then it, it doesn't become overwhelming which can easily happen if you allow yourself to get caught up in the bs I want to touch on this because I think it's uh, it's a, an important part to business and it's a real part to business and that, you know, that change happens, evolution is always happening. And I think sometimes people don't even get started on the things that they really want to do uh, because they want it to just be perfect from the get go. So I'm interested to know kind of what was your thought process behind changing what was wine men into vine culture? Wine men for the longest it just became vine culture like two, three days ago. So the transition was a reflective of my transition as a person. And so the brand has always been me, right? Uh, and at one point I wanted to be the wine man and like be the, and not be the face. I want the wine man to be the face. But I realized like people didn't give it, they didn't give a crap about the wine man. They didn't give a shit about the wine man. They cared about my story and about the work like we were doing as a team. It came to a point where I realized that like the wine man, the connotations around it, and the energy was was kind of the same. And so I, I worked with this uh, wonderful young lady named Mackenzie Mack. She's a digital strategist. And she's like, look, I think the people don't have enough of you and it doesn't feel as authentic. And it wasn't because I, I, I intentionally tried to not, like I wanted to be neutral. Like I wanted to be Switzerland. And I realized that, that that doesn't work and it doesn't work for me and it doesn't allow me to be as creative as I want to. Plus, I wanted to be, you know, like, I want to create community. The Wyman didn't feel like it was creating community. It didn't feel like it could create a pipeline. So, you know, the name signifies this, the change in the structure, the change in how we go about our business. Like, we were always ethical, but I think um, I pulled punches before. Or I, I, you know, yeah, I used to pull punches before and how I went about decision-making and not having enough of, my authenticity tied into the brand and i think that's that's the move and that's the angle but i think people always talk about growing and growing and growing and the problem is is nobody focuses on the ing they focus on the growth but they don't focus on the ing that forever evolving and that's what we're doing so you get to experience that and i think too i imagine a lot of people are making changes on this political climate but i think it's it's like why not make a change that's, that's sustainable forever and not as a reaction to the climate so like i wanted to create something that i i felt comfortable in no matter what the scenario and the situation was. And being a part of 57th Street allows me to just say, this is me here. And like when people come in and they buy wine, they buy in the store, but they're buying a piece of me because I had a hand in placing every bottle, every beer, every wine on this wall, every spirit on this wall. Like, like I had a hand in that, right? It's a part of me. So if you're buying a piece of me, then it, it has to be as authentic as possible. And I wanted to be in all facets of life and not just here at 57th Street. So that's kind of how Vine culture changed and why it's Vine culture. And it allows me to be more mobile, to branch out. Ultimately, I'm growing it to the point where it becomes its own version of capital because I, I think like my knowledge, the brand of Derek, my ability to connect with people. And, you know, I feel as though I'm charming. I've heard it once or twice. I, you know, it's hard for me to believe sometimes, but all those things are, are monetizable. 
and authentic. And if I can maintain those things, like it becomes its own form of capital and that I can leverage in the future. The best part of that is like the people who buy into it, it becomes a form of capital for them as well. And again, it's me learning. So I'm learning. So you're watching me learn and figure this thing out on the fly. So you won't see a change in six months, but you'll definitely see an evolution in it. And I think by going simplistic and something that's all encompassing, it just feels good. It feels warm. You know what I mean? It's like when you get warm underwear out of the out of the dryer or warm towel, you put on your body and just feels good. Like I want vine culture to feel like that for everybody because that's what it feels like for me. And to speak to that too, like I want the people who have been marginalized, the people who are around the way, like the people who necessarily aren't accepted into the community. Like vine culture is not about trying to get them accepted into the community. It's about us creating our own space. But when we say us and our own, it's the people. Like it's not exclusionary to any group of people. It's not saying, oh, you can't because you don't fit this motif. It's like, no. That's what hip hop is like. Everybody loves hip hop and it's influenced everybody. Every facet of life, it has an influence. Like Vine culture is that. Like we influence every facet of life and we're the originators and the creators of it. And and it's about working with other groups and companies who who have the same the same desires. Like this it's not about being better or greater than it's about creating a sense of community. And if I can create community, then like we can grow this thing. And, you know, wine is an excuse to do it. Like, I like wine. I like drinking it. And, and it's an excuse for this black boy to shine. So I'm a shine. All right. So we are about to get into my tear of the week. For my new listeners, my tear of the week is it's just something that balances me out. When you tear a balance, T-A-R-E, you're just setting it back to zero, calibrating it. So my tear of the week for this episode is a song. It's called You Waited by Travis Green. I have had this song on repeat for about a good week now. I um, I had a lot of photos that I had to edit this week. And whenever I'm editing photos, I always have something playing in my ear. And uh, I'll lie to you now, I, I probably had this song on repeat for an hour and a half straight while I was sitting there editing. But, um, but yeah, so that, make sure you check that song out when you get a chance. Again, You Waited by Travis Green. That's my tear of the week. All right, if you are enjoying this episode, I want you to do me a favor. Hit that share button that's in your app. You can share wherever you choose to share it. Um, And also, if you're listening to it on a smartphone, you can even take a screenshot, share it on Instagram. Feel free to tag me at The Balance Room. Remember that this is part one of the conversation between Derek and I. uh, So make sure that you check out part two of the conversation in episode 41, which is available now for you to listen. Um, You will definitely be doing yourself a disservice if you don't listen to part two of the conversation. It's a different dynamic. It's a different type of episode. So make sure that you check out episode 41 to listen to part two with Derek and I. We are about to get out of here, but before we do, I want to make sure to remind you, take advantage of that promotional discount that Bakken Wines is offering you all exclusively, the Balance Rumors. All you have to do, again, is go to their website, BakkenWines.com. Again, that's B-O-D-K-I-N Wines, W-I-N-E-S.com. Go there, look around, uh, pick out what you like, and then when you go to the checkout, just make sure you put in that promo code BR. Two zero capital B capital R two zero and you get that twenty percent discount and you have until Friday June twenty third two thousand seventeen to take advantage of that. Also, if you live in Chicago or if you know somebody who lives in Chicago, tell them or tell yourself. Make sure you check out Derek and his team 
at 57th Street Wines. Um, you can also find out about Vine Culture. Go to that website, vineculture.com. Now, at vineculture.com, they leave out the E in culture. So, V-I-N-E-C-U-L-T-U-R.com. Leave out the E in vineculture.com. Um, now, any and all links and information that I talk about within this podcast episode, you can find that in the podcast description. If you do not know how to find that that podcast description in whatever app you're listening to this on, that's okay. You can always go to the website, thebalanceroom.com, look up the respective episode, in this case, episode 40, and you'll find all that information in there. I want to thank you all, the listeners, again, for hitting play. This podcast is made for and it's made by you all. The only reason that, you know, I'm able to get this podcast on Spreaker and keep it up on SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play and all that um, is because you all listen. It's because you all share. Um, And it's also because of you all, the listeners, who take it a step further and you become patron listeners. This is a free podcast, will forever be a free podcast. Um, But if you are interested in being a patron listener i won't babble about it on here but you're more than welcome to go to the website thebalanceroom.com look for the patron tab and you can find out more about being a patron when you go there and also make sure you sign up for the newsletter i do not bombard you with a bunch of emails i promise the theme song to the balance room music podcast titled thank me later was written and produced by yours truly performed by ingrid wood and the wood tribe orchestra I'm hoping that I will be with you all again in episode 41, part two of the conversation between Derek and I. But until then, this is Ingrid Wood, your host. Even when I'm gone, my voice will still be here. Make sure that yours is as well. Take care, God bless, and stay balanced. Yo, this is Derek Westbrook of Vine Culture and 57th Street Wines, your favorite sommelier, and you're listening to The Balance Room Podcast. <laughs>